Good morning, or almost a- afternoon. Sure, why not? It, uh, you know what? It's March nineteenth. It's Friday, and uh, here we are with some news. I've been I've been working on this format, thinking that you know Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this maybe is a little bit better. I feel like the shows are a little a little meatier, a little more concentrated. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the general population for the world. And then the Patreon supporters is something extra. We'll get Tuesday and Thursday shows. I don't know. Let's try and see how it works. So if you want to support the show on Patreon, and you should, you can go to patreon.com slash Benjamin. Give me a buck. Give me five bucks. I feel like, you know, five bucks a month isn't a lot. And if everybody who downloads and watches this show or give me five bucks a month, it would change my life a little bit. It really would. So uh, consider it. Keep that in mind. Hello, Nelson in the chat room. Also, while you're here, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to smash a like, hit subscribe, ring the bell so you'll get the little notification when I go live because this is a live show and I love to see you in the chat room. Hey, Ali B. And I love to get your feedback and your thoughts and uh, and all of that stuff. And of course, you can follow me. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter and on YouTube and on Instagram, which is a wonderful place. So thank you, thank you very much to everyone who is supporting the show. This is how I make my money and uh, how I pay the bills. And if you donate, I can pay the bills. And if you don't, I can't. And it's that real. It's that real. So, you know, keep checking for the pile of money people think I have under this desk. And there's nothing down there uh, but some crumpled up pieces of paper with horrible ideas written on them. So it's up to you to keep my my business, livelihood, and uh, this show going. So again, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin, and thanks to everyone who's already supporting me there. Now we have some news. Hi, Chris, in the chat. We have some news, and we have some things to talk about today. The first one was kind of surprising to me because I'd always thought that the Biden administration, uh, especially uh, Harris in particular, was, I won't go so far as to say pro-weed, but they certainly were pro, or not anti weed. It seemed like it seemed like they were going to be the kind of live and let live kind of president uh, presidential situation. But no, in fact, listen to this news as reported over here by the Daily Beast. Uh, Several staffers were informally told by transition officials that some past marijuana use would be overlooked, only to be told later that they were being asked to resign. What kind of BS is this? I'll just read some of the article to you. Dozens of young White House staffers have been suspended, asked to resign, or placed in a remote work program due to past marijuana use, frustrating staffers who were pleased by initial indications from the Biden administration that recreational use of cannabis would not be immediately disqualified for would-be personnel. Um, It says the policy has even affected staffers whose marijuana use was exclusive to one of the 14 states and the District of Columbia where cannabis is legal. Sources familiar with the matter also said a number of young staffers were either put on probation or canned because they revealed past marijuana use in an official document they filed, filled out as part of a lengthy background check for a position in the Biden White House. Initially, though, they were told by uh, the higher-ups that this wouldn't be a big deal. And here's a quote. There were one-on-one calls with individual affected staffers, rather ex-staffers, one former White House staffer affected by the policy told the Daily Beast, I was asked to resign. Nothing was ever explained on the calls, they added, uh, which were led by White House Director of Management and, Inst- and Mid-Administration Anne Philippic. That's your name, dude. The policies were never explained. The threshold for what was excusable and what was inexcusable was never explained. 
So here's something that I don't understand. Maybe y'all can explain this to me. If the person was in a state, including the District of Columbia, where it's legal, legal for them to use cannabis, and they used it in a legal way, in the legal state, and then went to work at the White House, why should they be penalized for that? They did nothing wrong. Now, you might bring up the fact and you might say, well, officially, it's not legal at a federal level exactly, but the people in the states are allowed to do it. So why would that be held against them? Now, Mark, who just showed up in the chat room, says, don't all federal government jobs look down on drug use, though? Not sure you can get a security clearance if you break a federal law. That's a good point. But that's not what they're saying. They're not saying that it is specific to a uh, a security clearance. And the reality is uh, the executive office of the president can give you a sec- give you a security clearance whether uh, whether you pass those tests or not. It's it's up to the president and really that aspect of the office to determine who is and isn't allowed to get a security clearance. So, Mark, I agree with you, uh, but you absolutely can be given a security clearance if the president wants you to have one or if his offices want you to have one, you'll get it. And I know this because and unless things have changed, which is possible, um, because I worked at a company that did a lot of government contract work and yeah, there was a background check and other things involved, but if they hired someone and they just wanted them to have clearance, they would get clearance. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. Brian says they may have been asked in the hiring interview if they previously used and not been truthful. We don't know. We don't know. Um, Here's another quote about it. It says the White House said in February it intended for some candidates to waive the requirement that all potential appointees in the executive office of the president be able to obtain a top secret clearance. The rules about past marijuana use and eligibility for the clearance vary depending on the agency. For the FBI, an applicant can't have used marijuana in the past three years. For the NSA, it's one year. Okay. The White House uh, largely calls its own shots, it says here in this article, and officials at the time told NBC News that as long as the past use was limited and the candidate wasn't pursuing a position that required a security clearance, the past may be excused. It's interesting to me, though, to note that uh, having used cannabis in a legal way in a legal state would somehow uh, make it so that you're, you know, it, I don't understand the concept of punishing somebody in the present for something that they did that was legal in the past. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, Alcohol, for example, is much more harmful, known to be addictive, and in fact can kill you. Uh, And cannabis has none of these effects, none of these results. If a person were to smoke all of the cannabis that they could uh, gather They would not die from it. But if that same person drank an entire fifth of vodka, they very well might die. But they won't be penalized for the vodka. They will for the cannabis. This just shows the incorrect, wrong-minded, old-school, ignorant philosophy and misunderstanding about cannabis and how it works. This is 100% misinformation, disinformation, and bad judgment on the part of our leadership in government. And uh, it's something that needs to change. 
the idea that I could right now at uh, what time is it? 1256 PM on Friday, go in and literally drink myself to death right now. No one would stop me and there was no law that would stop me or I could drink. I could drink so much right now that I would need to be hospitalized. I need to have my stomach pumped. I would need to undergo a great deal of, uh, you know, medical procedures to save my life. And that the next day I could go back to work and no one would say anything to me about it. But if I took a hit of weed, I wouldn't be able to work in the White House. Think about that. It's so wrong-minded and it's so disappointing to me, uh, especially with all of the hopes that we had for our new administration's open-mindedness to things like this, that this is just uh, really, really ridiculous. And it's tremendously, tremendously disappointing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm not, not very happy about it. Not because I want to work in the White House or, uh, or anything like that. And it doesn't affect me in any way, except in that I'm incredibly disappointed at this such short-sighted, ignorant, old-fashioned thinking. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, Biden did say, though, that the U.S. is on pace to hit his administration's goal of 100 million COVID-19 vaccination shots today. That's today, Friday, March 19th. We'll have to see what happens, uh, but it seems like we're really on track to do that. This would be his uh, 60th day in office, and he had initially set out his goal to get 100 million doses within his first 100 days. But the numbers keep coming in. More people are getting vaccinations. A total of 115,730,730 COVID-19 vaccination doses have been administered since the first COVID-19 vaccine was authorized way back in December. So um, he said that he's got a new goal of administering COVID-19 vaccines coming out next week. And he said... This is a time for optimism, but it is not a time for relaxation. I need all of you to do your part. Wash your hands. Stay socially distant. Keep masking up as recommended by the CDC and get vaccinated when it's your turn. Biden said 65% of people age 65 and older had received at least one COVID-19 shot up from 8% when Biden took office eight weeks ago. Uh, he said 36% of that age group had been fully vaccinated. So that's great because, of course, they're the people that are the most at risk. Uh, many, most almost now of my friends are getting uh, vaccinated at various places. Most of them are having to drive far away to do it. I don't actually know anyone who is not in a risk group who's been able to just go to like their local CVS or Walgreens or drugstore and get vaccinated. They're all having to drive. Some of them are driving half an hour, an hour. I know somebody else that had to do some kind of volunteer work all day in order to get hers. Uh, so that's the way things look right now. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why that is. You know, my friends like you got to drive down to Dripping Springs. There's a specific drugstore here on this corner where if you call them, they you can get an appointment. But if you try online, it says that they're booked. All these little tricks and ways that people are getting in to get their vaccination. It feels wrong to me. It feels like like this should be more organized, of course. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's focus on who smoked weed and let's fire those people. Uh, because that's that's more important, I think, and a better use of the president and the the White House's time uh, than the vaccine stuff. Let's let's crack down on people who might have used weed once in the last three years, five years. Those are bad people, not the people who are jumping line to get COVID vaccines. Those are okay, and we don't need to worry about that. Let's not focus on it. 
let's penalize people who used cannabis legally in a legal state, perhaps even to alleviate chronic pain. Let's eliminate those people from jobs at the White House because they're bad. Uh, Also, something else very important, I wanted to highlight this in contrast to this discussion about uh, cannabis. Biden's dog, Major, is going to be allowed to return to the White House. He's a sweet dog, the president said, uh, despite the fact that he apparently bit some of the Secret Service guys uh, and uh, and was apparently not a sweet dog. Also, um, on this Fox News article, um, the pup is out of the dog. I don't don't call it a pup, call it a dog. I'm okay with canine. Uh, but here's the thing: the president said this was a rescue dog. They said that he's going to come back in, uh, but they're not announcing the date. Here's a picture of the dog that's coming back in. I'm glad that the dog that bites the Secret Service uh, agents is allowed to come back. But those staffers who uh, once in the past smoked weed, perhaps for chronic pain in a legal state, those people should be gone. But bring the dog that bites people back. That's perfect. Let's do that. Uh, Now let's talk about some of the COVID stuff. Excuse me. I'm in need of medical attention. Experts say that the virus surge in Europe is a cautionary tale for us here in the United States. Uh, This is an article in AP News, which means it's going to be actual news, and I can read it to you. Optimism is spreading in the U.S. as COVID-19 deaths plummet and states ease restrictions and open vaccinations to younger adults, but across Europe, dread is setting in with another wave of infections. It's closing schools and cafes and bringing new lockdowns. Yeah, not good news. Um, Here's a, uh, a quote about it. They're just saying that they simply took the eye off the ball. This is our friend, Dr. Rochelle Walensky over at the uh, CDC saying that's why it happened because they weren't paying attention over there. Poland's rate, for example, of new COVID-19 cases has more than doubled since February, straining its healthcare system and leading to a three-week nationwide lockdown, which they just announced on Wednesday for shopping malls, theaters, galleries, and sports centers. Italy closed all of its classrooms because, you know, They don't know what to do, and we know that's not where it's spreading, but they say that they were seeing an increasing number of patients who are middle-aged and younger. So you know what? Better close the classrooms. Uh In France, officials imposed weekend lockdowns around the French Riviera and uh, and the South English Channel in the north. They're preparing new restrictions for Paris. Um, Okay. Uh, They say, if we don't do anything, we're heading toward catastrophe. This is Remy Solomon, a top official at the Paris Public hospital authority, they're saying that their hospitals are at 100% capacity now. Uh, But here in the US, we've had 537,000 deaths overall than more than any country, but we also have more people here than most countries. Deaths per day in the US have plunged to an average of just under 1,300, down from a high of about 3,400 two months ago. Still bad numbers, in my opinion. New cases are running at 55,000 per day on average after peaking more than a quarter million per day in early January. We still don't have information, though, about where the people are getting them, how they're getting them. They don't answer questions honestly. When they're asked if they wear a mask, they say, of course I wore a mask. But in reality, they didn't necessarily. What we do know is that most of the time, um, the virus is passed by people who are in close proximity to one another, who are indoors, and who are not wearing masks. That's how it happens most of the time. But because that doesn't come along with the news... That's not what's been widely explained to people. So what do they think? Well, instead, they think that uh, that it happens from walking outside in a parking lot 
uh, when you're 10 feet away from someone and, and, and that's not what's going on. They also seem to think that it happens among kids in schools, but that's also not what's happening. So um, here's another quote that I'll, I'll just read because I think this is interesting. Um, this is uh, This person's name is Dr. Amesh Adalja, a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for uh, Health and secure, for Health Security in Baltimore, Maryland talking about the variants. They're saying that European nations haven't vaccinated quickly enough to stay ahead of these variants. Vaccination with no speed limit 24-7, that's what's going to protect us from what's happening in Europe. He believes it's too early for states to drop mask mandates, but okay to allow restaurants and other places to increase capacity gradually. You don't have to do what Texas did, (laughs) Adal just said. You can increase capacity while keeping the masks in place. This is, of course, referring to uh, last week. When our governor here decided that the mask mandate could go a ways. Hello, Alex, in the chat room. And um, Brian says, give the dog an edible. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, Basically, um, the U.S., Fauci came out and said that he thinks that the U.S. is going to need to start vaccinating children to reach herd immunity. I thought we had given up on herd immunity, but he's saying now that that might be uh, what we need to do. Herd immunity, of course, is defined at the point where people are protected enough against the virus that it can't really spread, that even if a person got it, that the people they would come in contact to wouldn't be able to get it. So it wouldn't actually spread. It'll, it'll just happen now and then and occasionally. But he says, uh, Fauci says, I think we should be careful about wedding ourselves to this concept of herd immunity because we really do not know precisely for this particular virus what that is. In other words, we don't know what the number needs to be, and we don't know how many people need to actually get it to be considered herd immunity. Meanwhile, the CDC has said that schools can now space students three feet apart rather than six. It's kind of interesting, right? Uh, basically, they say that they now recommend that with universal masking, students should maintain a distance of at least three feet in classroom settings. Previously, it said at least six feet to get the greatest uh, prevention possible. They still call for six feet of distance between adults and students as well as in common areas like auditoriums when masks are off, like when they're eating. And the six-foot distancing rule still applies for the general public, like in a grocery store. But they say this is a huge change because in the past, this six-foot thing was interpreted as requiring schools to operate on a part-time or a hybrid schedule to reduce the class size. But now if it's a three-foot rule, many more schools can open in person full-time. Now, this comes after the CDC has multiple times said that this schools are not how this is being spread. It's just not how schools are, how it's being spread. But now that interpretation of that rule gives them uh, the ability to change. Well, here's an interesting quote. We didn't see any substantial difference in cases among students or staff in districts with three feet versus six feet, suggesting we can open schools safely at three feet, provided there's some mitigation measures that were present, like where they did the testing in Massachusetts. So they also said their study adds to a growing body of worldwide data about the safety of three feet in school settings. Uh, The World Health Organization had already been recommending uh, one meter, which is 3.3 feet. uh, And the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics had been warning that in many schools, six feet is not feasible without drastically limiting the number of students. So now they can go down to three feet and uh, we'll see if that helps things or not. Um, I mentioned already that the Paris region is going to do a month long lockdown. It's true. Now, did you hear about this thing with the Peloton? Uh, they have issued a treadmill warning because a child died in a tread plus accident and parents are now being told to keep their kids away 
from these things. This is what this looks like. This is the Peloton treadmill. Most people think of the bike when they think of Peloton or Peloton, but uh, this is, um, I like saying it like Pelican, Peloton, whatever. But now they're saying children and pets stay away. Um, There is an accident where a child somehow got caught in this. Um, It says that uh, they're, we're supposed to remove the safety key and hide it and keep it in a place when you're not using it. It says, here's a quote from Peloton. While we're aware of only a small handful of incidents involving the tread plus where children have been hurt, each one is devastating to all of us at Peloton and our hearts go out to the families involved. That's CEO John Foley. Uh, There are no words to express the shock and sadness. Everyone at Peloton feels as a result of this terrible tragedy. I don't know exactly how, and this article that I found uh, didn't really explain it, but these things are incredibly expensive. They're, you know, $4,295 for one of these things. I don't know. I don't, I mean, people love their Peloton, so just keep them away from your kids, I guess. Did you hear about this horrible news uh, in the deep fake privacy news and me always saying this stuff is already out there? Well, Bucks County up in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Bucks County, 50-year-old Bucks County woman was arrested for sending her teen daughter's cheerleading coaches, so the coaches, she sent the coaches, fake photos and videos depicting this girl's rivals naked, drinking or smoking to try and get them kicked off the squad. I don't know what the background for any of this was, but basically she used deep fake technology to take photos of the faces of these other cheerleaders on her daughter's group and put them on like porn that she found and then sent them to the teachers and to the coaches. And uh, this started to get suspicious and weird and they looked into it and they said, well, here's a quote. Some of the teenagers were sent photos of themselves in bikinis with accompanying text saying the subjects were drinking at the shore. It wasn't them. They were able to determine that it was deep fakes, but they were very realistic. They're created, of course, by mapping the girl's social media photos onto these other images using their face. And, and it says, I don't know what would push her to this point, they said in the, uh, to the Philly Inquirer. As a dad, I was pretty upset about it. It's an image put out there of my daughter that is simply not true. Well, guess what? Get used to it. This is just the way it's going to be. This is just how things are in the world. Um, okay, great. I can't read this article because of an ad. I'll read this one instead. Uh, it's another article talking about how weird deep fakes are. Um, it says uh, that, that, that there's this, this – you know what? I'm just going to let you read this whole article on your own. You can go to uh, danbenjamin.live to get the article. Uh, it's it's just weird, and I want you to read it for yourself. It's very in-depth and technical, and I don't want to waste because we're already at 23 minutes. So just go to danbenjamin.live and read the links there. Check out this crazy-looking couch. This couch is designed to just mess with people, mess with drunk people, I think. Uh, look at this. So for those of you who are at home, I'll describe it to you. This is a sofa that looks like it is – leaning because it looks like two of its legs have been removed but in reality its legs have not been removed they were never there in the first place and the sofa is slanted so that even though it looks like it's at an angle it actually sits straight isn't that bizarre uh here's another photo of it uh, a blue one in the room so you're actually sitting at the same level it just looks like it's off kilter isn't that weird these sofas are uh, are pretty cool they're designed by fabio Novembre. 
That's your name, dude. For Capellini, the adaptation sofa, as it's called, is designed to play with our perceptions. Thanks to its wedge-shaped seat cushions, the sofa has the appearance of leaning, despite having a perfectly horizontal surface to sit on. Uh, they've also done a study talking about the side effect of drinking good wine. Did you know that there's good wine and there's bad wine? Uh, well, um, it says if you enjoy drinking a glass of wine every now and then, but wouldn't go as far as to describe yourself as a real drinker, buying wine can too often feel like a crapshoot. But it says that uh, if if you spend more money on a wine uh, and and you actually look at one that has a concave indentation on the bottom, then that's going to be better quality, high quality wine. And that uh, it says researchers uh, in the University of Basel, Switzerland, conducted wine tastings for 140 study participants in which they served three types of different 2013 vintages. Many of the participants were shown the real prices while other participants were given the lowest price for the most expensive wine and vice versa. And at the end of the study, those drinkers who experienced the cheapest wine at an inflated price enjoyed the wine more than those who were given the correct pricing information. Uh, the quote is, while pleasantness ratings did not differ for open and no price information, deceptive uppricing of low price wine significantly influenced the rating for pleasantness. In the wine, and the wine may lie the truth, but its subjective experience may also lie in the price. So, in other words, if you think you're drinking expensive wine, you're going to like it better, even if it's cheap wine. Okay. Did you see this uh, Alpha Motor Company Wolf? This is the electric Subaru Brat, and the title is "This is the Subaru Brat We Didn't Know That We Needed." So, here is a mini truck. It's called the Alpha Wolf. I'm going to show you the video here, if I can make it not so loud. Here it is. The big reveal of this video. This is an EV truck. It came out of a company in California called the Alpha Motor Company, and it is super retro. It's called the Ace, right? It's this small two-door electric car that looked like an Alfa Romeo. Well, now here is a truck that uh, is out, and it's still, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a little bit Subaru Brat, a little bit Volkswagen-ish in appearance, and uh, it's a mini truck. Would you drive one of these things? What do you think? Let me know in the comments. Uh, but I think this is cool. And we're starting to see it's only going to be 36000 Well, only $36,000. It's a lot, but it's not a lot for an EV vehicle. Um, it's got uh, a range of about 250 to 275 miles. It will have either a dual motor, all-wheel drive setup, or a single motor model with front-wheel drive. Front-wheel drive in a truck, whatever. Uh, but it will go uh, 60 miles per hour in 6.2 seconds, can tow 3,000 pounds. So this is a fun little recreational vehicle, and uh, I think it's it's kind of cool. Uh, okay, we don't need to. Okay, so there was a weird thing going on with Twitter where if you tweeted Memphis, if you tweeted Memphis, it would lock your Twitter account for 24 hours, but they already have fixed that since I put the article in the show notes. Uh, apparently, Clubhouse is going to be adding an accelerator program for creators. This is the voice chat app, and it will give resources to help you monetize your show. Um, I don't really understand what happens over at Clubhouse. I think it's interesting. I think it's a fun experiment, uh, but I have yet to hear people really using it for anything other than like an interesting chat that happens here and there. It doesn't seem to have the consistency. It's not really building a user base in the way that um, something like YouTube does, uh, but it's still early. People keep telling me, don't talk about Clubhouse. It's played out, but it doesn't seem to be played out. So anyway, we'll see. Um, Using someone else's uh, Netflix password is supposed to be getting more and more difficult. There's an article on the Wall Street Journal you can read in the show notes at danbenjamin.live about this. But 
basically they are tightening up security. So instead of like waiting and maybe when someone else uses your account, they send out a, uh, you know, an email about it. Now they're actually going to start being more aggressive about it, letting you know that if you're sharing it, like maybe kind of don't do that. They haven't penalized anyone. They haven't cracked down, but it could happen. Speaking of streaming services, the NFL has finalized an 11 year media rights deal with Amazon Amazon getting exclusive Thursday night rights. This is so weird to me because the numbers are so low for the NFL now. Tons of people are just checking out with COVID and people not being in the audience. The NFL had its lowest viewing ratings ever, but this agreement runs through 2033. It will feature two Super Bowls returning to Disney ABC Network. Amazon is paying $1 billion with a B per year. Uh, according to people familiar with the matter, Viacom, CBS, Fox, and Comcast were all paying more than $2 billion per year for their packages. Disney will pay around $2.7 billion annually. And uh, this is this is the big deal. So it's apparently worth over $100 billion. So I'm in the wrong business. Uh, remember the Oumuamua space object? Well, now they're saying, no, it, it's not any kind of UFO. It's not technology they think that instead it is a breakaway piece of a distant planet. So somehow this chunk broke off from like what they're saying is like a Pluto-like planet. It broke off and went flying out into space. And it uh, they think that it's made out of solid nitrogen, like the surface of Pluto, which helps explain its unusual flat shape. Quote, it was likely knocked off the surface by an impact about half a billion years ago and thrown out into its parent system. This is Alan Jackson, an astronomer and planetary scientist at Arizona State. And uh, so they're saying, no, it's not tech. It's not a UFO. It's just a piece of a planet. No big. Move on. Okay, maybe. Um, Some news here on entrepreneur.com saying that the next big thing for TV is what they're calling co-viewing. After years of one-way entertainment, they think TV is going to become truly social. This is a long article about this, but it basically says that truly interactive viewing experience is known in industry parlance as co-viewing. You know, Twitch, for example, where you watch a gamer play or compete. This is a prime example of what co-viewing is. And they're saying that this is what they're trying to bring to regular TV, guys, I hate to tell you, but regular TV is dead. Let's flush that thing. Nobody cares about regular TV anymore. They want to watch the programs. But they want to watch them when they want to watch them. And you know what? Maybe they watch them on a regular TV screen, but really they're watching them on their iPads, their computers, other things like that. Well, here's a forecast for spring. A drought is worsening in most of the United States. Two thirds of the United States has abnormally dry or worse climates right now. Government spring forecast is offering a little hope, especially in the West where a devastating mega drought has taken root and worsened. So this is going to affect California and the Southwest. Water is going to become critical. This ties nicely into Disaster Proof, the project that I'm working on a lot, disasterproof.tv. This is the future, talking about shortages, whether it's electricity, water, food. You guys need to pay attention to this stuff. It's bad. And this drought is going to affect over 74 million people, and it's going to get worse. 44% of the nation is in moderate or worse drought. Nearly 18% is in extreme or exceptional drought, all of it west of the old miss, the old man, the Mississippi River. And it is bad news. And for my final story, Heinz has come out with some weird 
stuff. Sorry that those of you at home don't get to see these pictures, but we've got wasabioli, hanch, and tarchip. Okay, ready for me to tell you what these strange things are? Okay, here's what they are. Uh, and you can go and you can see these there in the grocery stores uh, right now. Well, they're just in Canada right now, but they're going to be coming out soon. Um, they are just portamentos of their base sauces. Like wasabioli, for example, is wasabi with garlic aioli, which I'm sure would be great. Uh, of course, hanch is hot sauce and ranch. Uh, maybe where are you going to put that on pizza? But tarchip. That one is really weird. That's tartar sauce plus ketchup. Um, I mean, it sounds gross. Where are you going to use that? On seafood, I guess? Anyway, yeah, you can go in. If you're in Canada and you're listening to this program and you can go buy these, please get one of these and make a video and I'll show it on this show. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, remember where to go for the show. I'm Dan Benjamin pretty much everywhere. So you can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, and of course here on YouTube. And while you're here on YouTube, don't forget to smash the like. That affects the algorithms and helps the show rise in the ranks. And of course, support me on patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. I know you're watching and I know that you haven't supported because I know how many people watch and I know how many people listen and almost none of you support me there. It makes a difference. It lets me pay the bills. You think I'm kidding? Nope, still no pile of cash under there, guys. Still need your help. So, uh, Go over to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. That's all I've got for you today. And uh, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you every day supporting me and supporting the work that I do. So thank you very much for that. And uh, I will be back Monday morning with a new show for you. Have a great weekend. Have a good one.